Ho, 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 everybody. Welcome to episode 40 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting for nearly 30 years. And this week, because it's Christmas week, we look at some of the highlights of the first 39 episodes of the show. So let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoy the show this week, but before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at Detecting The or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. Or if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. And now, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can actually do so now with buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. And lastly, and most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey, detectorists. Welcome to episode number 40, and if you celebrate it, today is Christmas Day, so a very happy Christmas to you and to your family. If you don't happen to celebrate Christmas, that's fine too, I wish peace and love to all mankind. This week we are going to repeat some of the highlights from the first 39 episodes of the show, so I hope you enjoyed them as much as I did at the time. So to start, we go to my very first episode, and my first time ever recording myself. It's just totally cringe, and I apologise in advance for the sound quality. Hey everybody, my name is Kieran, and welcome to the Metal Detecting Show, Episode 1. This week, I want to talk to you about the top 5 beginner metal detectors on the market today. But the first thing to consider when purchasing your first detector is what you intend to look for. And as a quick tip to determine this, look at a map of your locality. For example, if you live near a beach, you will most likely be hunting for modern coinage and jewellery, and you want a detector that performs well in salt water with good discrimination. If you're in the Midlands, for example, somewhere that is nowhere near a salt water beach, but near a river maybe, then you may want to pick up a waterproof detector that is more suited to relic hunting. The point is to look at where you're most likely to be hunting and select a detector suitable to what you are hunting and to what terrain you're hunting on. God, listen to that sound quality. Up next is a highlight from episode number 27, where I list the top 5 gifts for metal detectors this Christmas. Let's have a listen and see if I got any of it right. In my view, the best present you can get a detectors this Christmas is a pinpointer. For the uninitiated, what is a pinpointer? Well, a pinpointer is a handheld metal detector in the shape of a, well, a carrot. And it helps the detectors narrow down their field of search by alerting the operator when the tip of the pinpointer is close to the metal object in the hole. It is so important because it exponentially speeds up the recovery time of the find. There are so many good options that fall under the budget and so many good brands to choose from, but there are a few features that are vital. 1. Waterproof. It has to be waterproof. Remember, a detectorist is operating in moist conditions and sometimes underwater, so being waterproof is a must. 2. It must be ruggedized. If you're lucky enough to observe a detectorist digging in a hole, you will notice there is a bit of digging about with the pinpointer and a cheap plastic model will not survive for long in that environment. 3. Buy a reputable brand such as Garrett, who in my view make the best in the Garrett Carrot, 
but other brands are good, such as MindLab, Quest and Nocta Macro, and all have options to suit your budget. And finally, four, don't buy from eBay or Amazon, as this has a high potential to be a Chinese knockoff. They might look the same, but I can guarantee you they will not have the same performance or longevity and lead to ultimate disappointment. Go to a metal detector shop that specializes in the hobby. That way you can have recourse if there's any issues. Plus, you will know you're getting a legitimate product. So to recap quickly, my top five gifts this Christmas for a detectorist are 5. Waterproof socks 4. A 6-inch coil 3. A fines pouch 2. Digging tools And finally, top of the pops in the number one spot, a pinpointer. But before we go, there are many other gifts that didn't make the list that fall into the stocking filler section, so essentially cheap or small. Such as a metal detecting t-shirt, there are some great brands and designs out there. Similarly, hats, either the cap or the beanie. Both are good options, especially if you're like me and follically challenged. A Leatherman multi-tool, a battery power bank with torch, Bluetooth headphones, carbon fibre shafts, on and on and on. Time for a tech timeout! Here is a tech timeout from one of the most random, but probably the episode I got the most comments and laughs out of. It's episode number three. Again, the quality is terrible, but have a listen. Digging a hole. I know, I know everyone knows how to dig a hole. Well, apparently not everyone. I was listening to Bert Kreischer and Tom Segura on this week's episode of their podcast, Two Bears, One Cave. And Bert tells a story of how he got in a fight with his wife because he didn't know how to dig a hole. Huh? I hear you say? Well, when digging a hole, Bert was putting the dirt not in one tidy pile beside the hole, but in several piles. In fact, one pile for every shovel of dirt. After laughing about this way too hard, I decided that this is going to be this week's tech timeout. So, how do you dig a hole? Firstly, how good is your pinpointing with your detector? If you're tasty at pinpointing with your detector, you will be confident to dig a tight hole. However, if you're loosey-goosey with your pinpointing, be prepared to dig a crater. Build a test bed in your back garden. This will help your pinpointing and will tighten up on your hole digging. The only real area you need to be careful when digging a hole is when you're digging on a lawn. Now, it is highly unlikely you will get permission to dig on a manicured lawn, but this is how I have done it in the past. I pinpoint the target, I put what I can only call a ding with my heel to mark the spot. I then grab my hurry knife or trowel, I dig to the left of the ding and then I dig to the right of the ding, finally to the front leaving what I can only call a hinge at the back of the hole. I then pry up the front of the hole ensuring the hinge keeps the plug connected and orientated correctly. I, I then will use either a tea towel that I bring with me or my pouch if needed and pile the dirt on top, ensuring none, and I mean none, gets on the grass. If it does get on the grass, you will end up with an unattractive brown spot showing where you were digging. Once the find is located, I replace all the dirt carefully, and finally close the hinge plug on top of the dirt. With my final step being, I take my foot and push with my heel to ensure all contents are packed and level with the existing untouched surface. I have been known at times to sprinkle some water on the spot to ensure we have full recovery of the lawn. On pasture or a farmed field, I use the same method as above without all the faffing about with a tea towel and dirt. I leave the dirt well away from the hole in a tidy pile within reach of me being able to scrape it into the hole with the side of my foot. 
finishing with a final stomp of my heel. On a beach, I use a stainless steel scoop that is amazing at saving your back. I'm fairly ruthless in driving the scoop with my foot into the sand. I then half pull out and drive it again into the hole. My goal when beach detecting is to try and get the find into the scoop the first time. I'm at about 50% success right here. I have no experience with river searching, but would love to hear your hole digging techniques here. In fact, if you have any hole digging tips, please reach out to the show. <laughs> I still get comments about this episode. Over the course of the year, we interviewed many detectorists and I want to thank each and every one of them. Norway Digger, Digging Deep Beeps, The Metal Detecting Channel, Leon Fonsale, Digger with Will and Dirtfish Mish. Without you, the show would not be what it is today. And finally, I want to thank all the people who have supported the podcast over the year, including, but not exclusively, to the following. Wayne Kelly, Declan Grace, Jerry from GD Zag, Tobias Duffy, and Ken Pease. And that's it for this week. I'm not going to bore you with any more knowledge or rubbish that I make up on the spot. You should be at home, enjoying your Christmas day if you celebrate it. So once again, happy Christmas and a happy new year, and we see you all next week. That's it for this week. I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website, www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metaldetecting. Also, if you would like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down and happy hunting.